We, uh, we celebrate three seasons around here. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Uh, we celebrate uh, Christmas. And we celebrate Easter. And you're not sure about that one, right? And we celebrate Thanksgiving, which is, of course, as you know, my favorite time of the year. And, um, you know, there's some people that no matter, no matter what they have, no matter how much they're blessed, how much they're giving, they're like, uh, they're like the grumpy cat. <laughs> thanks, thanks for nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I love that cat. It, it was just so funny to look at. But anyway, um, most people are just so ungrateful. They just go through life taking, consuming, uh, having what they want. And, and Sarah sent me this one. I thought it was so good. I'm so full. Oh, look, pie. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Canada, oh, you know what? I wish I could take you all to Burundi just, just, just so that you could get a perspective of how God has blessed us. And then I, did anybody see Kanye West in the White House this week? Yeah, so I thought you'd like this one. I'm thankful for myself, for being myself. Yeah, so I'm going to actually take it off that picture right now, and uh, we're going to look at this in just a few moments. But let me just remind you that giving thanks to God is really central to our faith. It's central to the practice of our faith. And I think for a lot of people, uh, and this is so important that you hear me out here, because for some of you think, oh, I've already heard this, I know this already, I've been a Christian for, for 40 years, and I know all this. So for, especially for you, you have to listen to this. There's a big difference between knowing stuff and doing it. How many know that? And in fact, James warns us about that very thing. He said, he said uh, that we have to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In fact, uh, in a few places in the book of James, which is, again, one of my favorite books, uh, he, he reminds us of the importance of not forgetting that... Christianity is something that's lived out. It's not just knowledge and information. And of course, that was a problem with the Pharisees, wasn't it? That's why Jesus attacked the Pharisees, because, man, they knew everything, but they didn't do anything. And that's what so many people are like. That's what so many believers are like. And that's why so many people who are not Christians look at Christians and say, what a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah. So you and I need to understand that this Thanksgiving that we're talking about is actually a lifestyle. And I'm going to tell you that this does not come easy. Does, would anybody say amen to that? Amen. It's, it's not easy to do that. It's far easier, far easier to grumble and to complain and to whine and, and to gossip and, and uh, be angry and bitter and even to be wondering where, where's God in, in, in all of this. So you need to know that giving thanks to God is, in fact, central to our faith and our worship. When we worship God on Sunday morning all together as a family, primarily what we're doing is we're giving thanks to God for his faithfulness and for his kindness. And we give thanks to God for, for, for a very good reason. Because when we stop to give thanks to God, we get our eyes off of our circumstances. How many know when you're looking at the circumstances, that's when you get into trouble? Remember, remember the Apostle Peter? He, did you know he walked on water? Yeah. Briefly? Yeah. As soon as he got his eyes off of Jesus, what happened? He sang. Hey, is the Spirit of God speaking to you this morning? 
As soon as you get your eyes off of Jesus, you begin to sink. You begin to flounder. Life is really tough. And this is why what we try to teach you here at Cross Church is you need to have a daily walk with God. You need to be praying and reading your Bible every day, or frankly, you're not going to make it. So part of, my, part of my walk with God, the very first part of my daily walk with God is I begin just by thanking Jesus, and I just start praising him, and there's so much to thank him for. And man, it just, it just changes my perspective. So when you're giving thanks to God, you get your focus off of yourself, off of your circumstances, and off of other people. Because here's what I know. Some of you today are, are mightily vexed by certain people in your life. Amen? Yeah, of course. Of course, I know that. Because it happens to me too. And so what we do is we, we, we must get into a thanksgiving mode in order to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. And I'm going to tell you right now, the more your eyes are fixed on Jesus, the longer your eyes are fixed on Jesus, the happier you will be. And I'm going to show you that in just a few moments. The single greatest thing you can do for your mental health is to be a man or a woman who is daily and constantly giving thanks to God. Do you remember there's an old curse that we used to sing, so forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. How many remember that song? That's brilliant advice, a brilliant song. We need to resurrect that song just just so that the message sinks into our heart and our mind. Forget about yourself. Tell the person beside you, forget about yourself. Okay, back here, back here. (laughs) Don't forget about me. (laughs) Forget about yourself and get your eyes fixed on Jesus. That's what Thanksgiving is really all about. And I'm going to tell you folks, again, the more that you are in the habit of giving thanks to God, the happier you're going to be. Here's what Zig Ziglar said. Zig Ziglar, in case you don't know, was uh, one of the greatest motivational speakers of all time, a wonderful Christian man. And he said this, gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have uh, even more to express gratitude for. Does that make sense? So it's actually a domino, it's a domino effect. The more you're giving thanks to God, suddenly you begin to see that I got, there's, there's more and more things to be thankful for. Now here's the interesting thing. When you ask somebody, uh, what are you thankful for? Most people just sort of look at you with a blank expression on their face. They're not really sure what to say. In fact, they really maybe can't think of anything. And maybe you can't think of anything. I mean, usually what happens, I, well, I'm thankful for my home, and I'm thankful for the food I have, and I'm thankful, my, my, thankful that I live in a free country, and then it about stops there, because I can't think of anything else. At youth on Friday night, we had a little competition between the boys and the girls to see how many things that they could, he, they could think of, of things that they were thankful for. Now, some of them got ridiculous, but, um, but I think the guys came up with almost 300 items, and the girls were over 200. And uh, it was amazing when they began to start talking about it, started thinking about it, the things that they were grateful for. Listen, I'm going to tell you, once you begin to recognize the things that God's doing in your life and you start giving thanks, then you begin to see, watch this, you begin to see with supernatural eyes. You begin to see what God is doing in the invisible realm. And a lot of us, 
We, we don't see what God's doing. We think, where's God? I thought, where's this God you keep talking about? The thing is, is the natural eyes can't see it because the natural eyes are tainted by sin. But those of us who are in the habit of connecting with God, remember, what did, what did Jesus say about the followers of God? They worship God in spirit and in truth. Did you get that? We're talking about a spiritual, it's a spiritual realm that we enter into when we worship God and we give him thanks. And so we begin to see God at work around us. I'm going to tell you, the most spiritual people are the most thankful people. They're the ones that constantly see the hand of God at work in their lives. And so this is why we need to really, really uh, drill down into this subject of thanksgiving because I'm going to tell you, if you're going to have an experience with God, if you're going to know God, then you need to get in the habit of giving thanks to God. So here's what Paul says. He says, this, is, this really has got to be your habit for life. We called it last week the Thanksgiving sandwich. Remember that? So what do we do? We, we rejoice, and then we pray continually, and then we give thanks. There he is, rejoicing and giving and praying continually. So look at this. In the midst of your prayer requests, because everybody here has got prayer requests, uh, we, we go to prayer uh, we go to God with our prayer uh, petitions, and there's so many things we need God's help for. But Jesus and the Apostle Paul remind us that you need to, you need to, you need to, to sandwich that prayer with, with the bread of rejoicing with thanksgiving. Because that's what helps you see and understand and think in spiritual terms, in supernatural terms. Yes, the thing I'm praying for, God actually can do because he's done it before. I, when I thank God, I remember all the great things that he's done. Now, here's the thing. Jesus, when he was on this earth, he actually set for us an example that we should follow in his steps. We're following in the footsteps of Christ. Some of you know that habit number three, which, again, is part of our discipleship process, Discipleship, I hate to use the word formula, but uh, we're, we're talking about the steps of following Christ. Habit number three is what we call moment-by-moment moment holiness. Or maybe another way to put it is, what would Jesus do? So we ask ourselves a question, what would Jesus do? And then we do it. Now, you say, well, how do I know what Jesus will do? Well, it's very simple. You have to actually read your Bible. And when you read your Bible, God reveals to you, especially through the books of the Gospels, he reveals to you how Jesus functioned. And here's what we discover. We discover that Jesus is in the habit of giving thanks to God. Now remember, our faith, central to our faith, central to our worship, is this business of giving thanks to God. We we see at least 165 instances where we are instructed or where, where there is a record of, of people giving thanks to God. The phrase, give thanks, it's at least 73 times there. Uh, a great chunk in the New Testament and a great chunk in the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms. Part of that worship experience is give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And Jesus, remember, he's the one we're following. What do we find Jesus do? We see him giving thanks. When Jesus, remember, remember, how many remember the story about the loaves and the fishes? 
And there's 5,000 people that need to eat. And in another time, there's 4,000 that need to eat. And Jesus breaks the bread. He, after giving thanks, he breaks the bread. And, and, he, and he breaks the fish. And he distributes this to all the people. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't see, don't, don't recognize or forget. Here are these people hungry. Some might argue even starving. And what is Jesus doing? He's giving thanks. Now let the Spirit of God speak to you right now. Because some of you right now, today, are in a situation where you're hungry. In, in, in different ways. You're, you're struggling financially. You're struggling maybe with, with, with your emotions, with addictions, whatever. You, but you have definite need. Let's put it that way. What do you do? You follow the example of the master. And what does the master do? He gives thanks. Jesus gives thanks. And after giving thanks, he, had, he took what he had and he started dividing it up. And next thing you know, all 5,000 are fed and they've got baskets, basketfuls left over. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning. God wants to take care of you and meet all your needs. And besides that, he wants some stuff to be left over. Wow. And this, Jesus doesn't just do that once. He does it a number of times. Feeding the crowds, feeding the multitudes. But it all begins with thanksgiving. Some of you remember the story about how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And what does Jesus do? He gives thanks to God. One time Jesus sends out the the disciples to preach the gospel. They came back and said, Jesus, you won't believe what happened. We were casting out demons and people were getting healed and people were, were committing their lives to you. And it was absolutely amazing. And what does Jesus do? He looks up to the heavens, and what does he do? He gives thanks to God. What is he giving thanks to God for? He says, God, thank you for revealing this to these simple men. And thank you for hiding it from the wise. And he's, of course, he's referring to the Pharisees. Thanksgiving changes everything. And, of course, we can't forget the greatest moment of Thanksgiving and that's when Jesus, just before he's about to go to the cross, just, about, just, just before he's about to get crucified. And everybody knows what I mean by crucified. Having his hands nailed to a cross, his feet nailed to a cross, a bloody a, a thorn of cloud, a, 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 a crown of thorns placed on his head that caused a bloody mess. Before he's about to do all of this, what does he do? He stops and has a meal with his disciples, and he gives thanks. Jesus is our example. Now, look at this. If Jesus can stop and give thanks as he's about to go to the cross, don't you think that you could give God thanks wherever you are doing whatever you're doing? You see, Pastor Allen, you don't know what it's like at my house. I don't need to know what it's like at your house. I know what it's like at Jesus' house. And I know what Jesus calls us to do. It's a game changer. It opens our hearts, it opens our minds to recognize that God is sovereign and he's in control. Here's what the Apostle Paul reminds us. He says, on the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And do you want to know something, folks? For, 
for 2,000 years now, Christians throughout the ages in every country have taken time to give thanks to God for Jesus Christ. Why do we give thanks to Jesus Christ? Very simply this. He died on the cross for your sins and for mine. Have you remembered that? Do you remember that every day? I'm going to tell you, you need to start doing that. And if you get busy thanking God for forgiving your sins, you'll stop worrying about the sins of others. Hello? We're so quick, aren't we, to judge others, condemn others, that guy who's just a filthy, and then you should, she will gossip. Oh, she's going to hell. She's evil. Look at this, look at this. You and I need to go before our Father. The first thing you do when you begin your daily devotions or your daily walk with God, you begin by giving him thanks. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for washing away my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. And what has Jesus given us? He's given you a brand new life. Thank God the old Alan's dead. What a disaster that old Alan was. That's true. The old Alan, dead, buried, gone. The old Alan, crucified with Christ. And I've got a brand, a brand new me. I'm not perfect. Ask my wife. But, but God's doing a work in me. He's given me a brand new, it's a brand new me. I can talk about the old Alan as if that old Alan was another person. And in fact, he is. That's why Paul tells us that we are a new creation. Some of us, we get so offended if anybody says anything against us. You say, hey, hang on a minute. That's the old me. I'm so, I apologize for my old self. My old self, oh, what a disaster. My, they're going to think you're schizophrenic, but that's okay. Because the Apostle Paul said basically the same thing. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I, 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 want to do, the things I don't want to do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I am, I'm a disaster. Hey, listen, listen folks. Every one of us is a disaster without Christ. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you start giving him thanks, you begin to, to remember that you have been recreated. Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't renovate you? Has anybody lived in a renovated home? Has anybody ever renovated a home? You don't want to be near a renovation. What you want is new. And that's exactly what Jesus gives you, a brand new you. Is that something to be thankful for? I don't know about you, but I'm sure thankful. Sharon, are you thankful? I'm sure thankful. Oh, my, am I ever thankful. And not only does he give me a, a new me, a new Alan, brand new Alan, shiny and clean, sparkling, a brand new Alan. He gives me new life. He gives me abundant life. Oh, look at this. Look at the abundance on this table this morning. An abundant life. What do we mean by that? Rich and satisfying. That's the gift from Jesus. Was that reason to rejoice? I think it is. But it gets even better. But wait, (laughs) it gets better. New life, a rich and satisfying life while we're still on this planet. But he also gives us eternal life. We don't have to be afraid of dying. Jesus, you can take me now. My wife gets mad at me when I pray that or say that. I'm so glad, though. <laughs> I'd hate for her to want to get rid of me. But we've got so much to be thankful for. The question is this. Are you giving thanks? 
On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. And then he said what? He says, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We are in, we are in the habit of giving thanks to God. This is something we need to remember to do on a constant basis. So Jesus gave thanks to God, and he taught us to do the same thing. Now, I, just, uh, I want to share this with you. On Sunday, can we turn that slide? On Sunday, October the 28th, it's in two weeks, we're going to have a very special day here at Cross Church. We're going to be meeting in the morning at 9.30 and at 11.15, and then we're also going to come and meet here at 6 o'clock in the evening. Really excited about this. We're going to have communion together here. But it's going to be a day, a whole day just devoted to thanksgiving, to praise, to prayer, to rejoicing in the goodness of God and crying out to God to give us what we need in order to live in these days. These are difficult days that we're living in right now. I don't know if you noticed that. And I'm going to tell you right now, as a pastor, one of the, one of the things that's difficult for me to do is to, is to not worry and not to become anxious about what's coming. There's a, there's a massive shift in the spiritual realm that so many people are not aware of. I'm going to be talking about that on that Sunday night, October the 28th. And we're preparing. We need to be prepared for whatever it is that's ahead of us. Would anybody agree with me that we must be living in the last days? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, something, something's going on. Something, something's happening. And I want to I talk about that on, that on the 28th. But I'm going to tell you this. We don't have to be afraid. In fact, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Remember the disciples asked Jesus, what are the signs of the end? And Jesus told them all the horrible things that were going to happen. And then Jesus said, but don't be afraid. Oh, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to be a people who give thanks. It's going to be your thanksgiving. It's going to help you get through whatever it is that you're facing in your life, not just concerning the, this life and what's happening in the world, but in your own personal life. So rather than, than, than yelling and screaming at your family or yelling and screaming at your neighbors, your boss, rather than resenting the people that you serve or work for, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suggest that what you need to do is you need to change that up. And you need to start giving thanks to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so folks, here's what I want you to know. Thanksgiving has got to be a lifestyle. Jesus modeled it for us, and we want to follow it in his steps. Moment by moment, holiness. What does that mean? Holiness, very simply, is doing God's will every time. That's what holiness is. So when I'm doing God's will, when I'm obeying him, I'm being a holy man. When I'm disobeying him, I'm being unholy. And so as we're making our decisions from moment moment to moment, we are making decisions to be a rejoicing, a happy, a joyful person, rather than being a whiner, a complainer, a grumbler. That's life-changing. Here's what uh, Dr. Robert Emmons, he's a leading expert on gratitude. From, he works at the University of California. I mean, that's pretty amazing that they even have such a thing. But here he is, he's this leading expert. And um, he asked patients who are suffering from a severe uh, neuromuscular disorder to keep a journal of all the things that they were grateful for. Now, that might be strange because someone who's suffering from a, a neuromuscular disease, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't 
want to put them in a position where they've got to say thank you for anything. You think you've got to pamper these people and, and try to make them happy and content and give them whatever they want. And if they want to grumble and complain, let them grumble and complain as much as they want because what? They deserve it. Hey, some of you here today, you use that, you use your, your difficulties and your struggles as an excuse to grumble and complain against your kids, your wife, and everybody else. Here's what Dr. Emens said. He asked them to, to, to make a journal of all the things that they're thankful for. And then he uh, had a control group. One group did the journaling for two weeks and another group did nothing. The people, the exact same struggles and difficulties. And here's what he reports. He says, quote, not only did they find reasons, these people with neuromuscular disorders, not only did they find reasons to be grateful, but they also experienced significantly more positive emotions. It changed their emotions by simply writing down the things they were thankful for. Hey, if you're struggling today, maybe with depression, you're going through a hard time in your life, I would suggest that maybe what you need to do is get a blank notebook and start writing down, start journaling all the things that you're thankful for. He says this grat- this, the gratitude group also felt more optimistic about the upcoming week. They felt more connected to others, even though many of them were living alone. And many reported getting more sleep each night, which, of course, is an important indicator of good health. If you're struggling with, with sleeping, maybe that's exactly what you need to do. Just start, instead of counting sheep, count your blessings. See your, see your blessings jumping over a friends instead of a little sheep. Jesus sets for us an example that we should follow in his steps. And Jesus, in his earthly life, taught us how to be grateful. I love it. I, I love this idea. Jesus didn't just come to die for us. He came to live for us. Did you get that? He came to show us how to live. He didn't just give us information. He showed us what we need to do in order to please the Father. I'm really short on time here, but let me just quickly tell you a story about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in Acts 25, 26, 27. He's gone to Jerusalem to to preach. And uh, while he's there, the, the... the Pharisees, they, they want to they capture this guy and they want him dead because he's spreading the gospel message. He's spread, spreading the message of Christ. And so while he's there, he's, he's, he's before the court and he says, I need to appeal to Caesar. Now he can do that because he's a Roman citizen. So he says, I appeal to Caesar. And the centurion is like, oh, all right. You know what this means, don't you? Yep. You've got to take a trip to Rome. And so he, he, they, they pack him up. I'm really abbreviating this, folks. They pack him up, they take him on his way, and eventually they, they set sail for Italy. Paul warns them, because it's, it's the fall, and it's, it's hurricane season. Truly, it really is. How many have seen the hurricane effects? So just picture that in your mind. And so here's Paul, and along with the centurion and other, any, other soldiers and other prisoners, they're all on their way to Rome. 
Paul says, don't do it. You're going to get in trouble. I don't advise this. I recommend that you, that you turn around and go back and wait. But nobody's listening to Paul. Why? Because he's just a prisoner. He warns them of what's going to happen. And uh, the storm comes up, and this storm goes on for two weeks. And here's what it says in, in Acts 27. He says, all hope that we would be saved, was finally given up. They'd toss stuff over, overboard. They, they were in big trouble. Hey, does that sound like your life? You're on this stormy sea, and man, it just looks hopeless. Let the Apostle Paul bring some encouragement to you. It says, it says here in Romans, Acts, 20, uh, Acts 27, verse 21, No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Don't you love a know-it-all? Yes. Paul says, You should have listened to me. It teaches you. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you, so take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. So everybody's listening to him now, and they thought, yeah, we really should have listened to this guy. We really, we really should have paid attention. So there they go, 14 days later, and the tr- sailors now are trying to escape. Can you imagine going on a cruise, and, and, and it, it's the sailors are trying to escape the cruise? <laughs> That's really what's happening here. And Paul says, hang on a minute here. If any one of these guys goes, we're all lost. So the centurion and the captain, what do they do? They get out their, their hatchet or whatever it was, and they let the lifeboats go. They're gone. Now nobody's leaving. And Paul says, good, this is great. Now they're, they're trusting him. Now they're listening to him. They, they recognize that this man is a man of God. And uh, everybody now trusts in Paul and trusts in God. And then we read in verse 33, just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. What? Who could eat on a ship, on a cruise ship, that is being tossed on the waves? But he says, you guys haven't eaten anything for two weeks. You've been so worried about, about what's happening that you haven't touched food or, or, or water for two weeks. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your heads will perish. Look at this. Then Paul took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all. Does that remind you of anything? Yeah. Ah, that's what Jesus did. And he broke off a piece and he ate it. Look at this. Read that with me. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. Now let the Spirit of God speak to you right now because some of you are here discouraged. You feel defeated. You feel God doesn't hear your prayers. You feel you're about to go down. You're just, you're just a, a one gust of wind away from total disaster. The Apostle Paul imitated the Lord Jesus Christ. He understood the power of giving thanks. He understood the power of gratitude. My question for you this morning is, do you understand the power of gratitude in your life? Oh, wow. Paul's imitating Jesus. 
hey, look at this. Jesus was on the way to the cross, on the way to be crucified. Paul is on the way to Rome. If anybody had a reason not to rejoice or be thankful, it was Paul and Jesus. But you see, this is their lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of giving thanks. What else do we learn from this passage of Scripture? Well, very simply, Paul just went on with life. Well, everybody else is fretting, chewing their fingernails off. Everybody else is, is concerned and fearful. Everybody else has stopped eating. Everybody else is, you know, give me something to drink. We've got to deal with this stress in my life. Give me, a, give me a joint. Somebody give me a joint. It's free. I mean, we can smoke it now, right? Right? Hello? Yeah, it's, it, the, Trudeau decided that it's okay. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus gives you a better way to live. You could tell somebody next time somebody says, do you want a drink? No, I think I'm just going to do some Thanksgiving. What? What? You really need, you know, you're feeling stressed out. Have a joint, man. Oh, no, no, no. I, I got something far more powerful and long-lasting. Really? Can I, can I have some? What's it cost? It doesn't cost anything. What? You're just going to try to get me hooked, right? Hopefully you'll get hooked. What do you, well, what do you, what do you, what do you take? What do you use? Oh, Something that the master showed me. Who's the master? Can I meet him? Yeah, you can meet him. What does the master do? He gives thanks. Pardon? He gives thanks. And that's what I do. If I'm feeling stressed out, man, I'm not knocking him back. What am I doing? I'm giving thanks. I just give it th- start giving thanks. I start praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Man. you give, you've been so good to me, Jesus. Oh, man, this storm, it looks tough, but hey, Jesus, you walked on the waves. You calmed the storm. So I'm going to give you thanks because you're more powerful than that storm. How are you facing your difficulties and your struggles? Hey, give thanks to God. If you want, you can even break a piece of bread and eat it. Even if you're on a keto diet, break that piece of bread, throw it in your mouth, give thanks to God and say, yes, we are going to live another day. We are going to survive. God is good. He's faithful. He's not going to forget about me. Hey, when you start giving thanks to God, I'm going to tell you, everyone is encouraged because of what you're doing. Do you know that you can change the room, you can change the atmosphere in your family, you can change the atmosphere wherever you go by being a man or a woman of thanksgiving. And this gives glory to God. Would you stand with me, please? Would you agree with me today that God is good? Amen. Would you agree with me today that God is able to get you through whatever it is that you're going through right now? Yes. And how do we do it? By giving thanks. Say it again. By giving thanks. I will go and I will give thanks. Say it. I will go and I will give thanks because God is faithful. Say it. Because God is faithful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your power at work in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in control of all the storms, all the waves. All... God, these things mean nothing when we are in your power, when we are in your care. And so, Father, let your spirit speak to us and remind us today 
of your ability to help us through the struggles and the difficulties that we're going through. Help us, Lord, not to whine and complain, because that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to complain. He wants us to whine. He wants us to stop worshiping you. And then if we do that, then he's got us. We're defeated. But we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Father, help us to walk in our victory by, by giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Tell the person.